Hi everybody, I'm finally testing negative, so I guess I have recovered from COVID and I'm much relieved because what this means then is that I will be journeying to my family and so I'll be posting this episode from my home state of Wisconsin. By the way, if you want to support the podcast, please, please pass on the word, rate and review, all that good stuff. You can also join my growing number of supporters on Patreon. Please go to patreon.com slash countermelody and you can become a supporter for as little as $2 a month or $25 a year. I do have a wonderful bonus episode that I'll be posting on Pierre Bernac to complement the episode that I'll be doing next week. Let's not waste another minute. Here's the second of my Pride 2022 episodes. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. As always, I am your host, Daniel Gundlach. No preaching here, no lecturing, well, maybe just a tiny bit of each, but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Thanks for joining me. And now, this week's episode. When I realized that Juneteenth was this coming Sunday, I thought, okay, I'm going to put off Francis Poulenc and Pierre Bernac for one week to do an episode which I am entitling, what am I entitling it? Music, Black, and Queer, because we are also in the midst of Pride 2022. So let's explore that wonderful confluence. We're going to listen to music today over the bulk of the 20th century, more than 90 years. I'd like to just remind my dear listeners that about a year ago, I did an episode called Queer Blues, and it featured women of color singing the blues and a whole variety of other music as well. One of the featured artists on that episode was the great Bessie Smith. Here she is singing one of her most explicit and queer songs called Foolish Man Blues. Listen to the words and you will see that this is about as queer as it gets. And this, way back in 
as queer as it gets. Actually, it gets even queerer than that. And who represents that other than Gladys Bentley, another blues singer from that period? She was extremely masculine identifying. She wore either a black or a white tux. She was a woman of size. She was a woman with an extraordinary voice, and she was a woman who, sadly, later in her life, specifically the 1950s, was forced back into the closet and claimed that she had been cured of her gayness, that she had married a man, and that she had reformed. It pains me that so many people in this era could not live openly, or rather that they experienced such serious repercussions with the changing times, especially in the post-war years specifically, that they couldn't live freely. But it's precisely these people that I really want to celebrate today, those trailblazers. Now, even when this recording was made in 1929, Gladys Bentley was singing about a man that done her wrong because, let's face it, so many blues songs are exactly about that. But there is such a directness, such a rawness, such a precise and intense exploration of poverty and being mistreated in love. It's a pretty wonderful recording. This is Red Beans and Rice. Red beans and rice, greedy bacon in the pot. Red beans and rice, greedy bacon in the pot. Cold bread in the oven, coffee on the stove ain't hot. 
I don't get no chicken. Ham and eggs with boys and me. I don't get no chicken. Ham and eggs with boys and me. Why, he won't buy no sugar. Just to sweeten his own tea. Walked to work this morning. Cause I only had one dime. Walked to work this morning, cause I only had one dime. Wouldn't spend it on myself, spend it on that man of mine. He don't buy no clothes, he don't keep his laundry clean. He don't buy no clothes, he don't keep his laundry clean. He's short on his loving, stingiest man I've ever seen. I'm gonna leave for work, but I'm gonna double back, no doubt. Leave for work, but I'm gonna double back, no doubt. If I can't get in, no one better not come out. Red beans and rice on a noon and every night. Red beans and rice on a noon and every night. I can't keep on working with only rice and beans in sight. Now here is a fascinating singer and figure whom I just discovered myself. He was known as Frankie Halfpint Jackson, and he lived from 1897 through 1953. He was called Halfpint because he measured in at only 5 foot 2 inches and Man, what an interesting voice he had. In fact, because his voice lay so high, he would often sing songs in which he impersonated both the man and the woman. He's got a great song called I'm Gonna Dance with the Guy Who Brung Me. He also did a song called Willie the Weeper, which was stratified by Cab Calloway into Minnie the Moocher, but it's very much the same sort of thematic material, just defanged and de-queered. Anyway, I'm not going to play either of those for you today because I also found a song that was pretty fascinating to me. It's called Chocolate to the Bone. It was recorded in the year 1930, and it's a real celebration of being black, which for the year 1930, I think, is a pretty fabulous thing. If you should get in trouble, didn't know what to do, go to a brown skin, chocolate to the bone. And if you should go into a strange town and don't know where to stop, stop at a brown skin, chocolate to the bone. Oh, 
I'm so glad I'm brown skin. I wouldn't be shady for nothing. It's a mother mother for your brown skin. All my family's brown skin. Paul's got a mule, he's brown skin. The wagon he pulls is brown skin. The house we live in is brown skin. Chocolate to the bone. Oh. Now we're going to move into a little bit of the jazz repertoire with a pair of artists who were so monumentally talented that it's difficult to even describe the depth of their expression and perception. The first artist we're going to hear is the extraordinary Billie Holiday. I don't think I really need to even introduce her, but it's worth remembering that, yes, she was involved with men, but she also had passionate relationships with women. And yes, like Judy Garland, whom we heard last week, she wears her difficult life right there on her sleeve. You hear it in the timbre of her voice. You hear it in her sometimes weary delivery. But Again, like Judy, she is possessed of this extraordinary musicianship. I'd like to illustrate that for you with a recording of the Duke Ellington song, Solitude. This recording actually comes from later in her life. It was made in 1956, and I have a real love of late Billie Holiday. I love all of her stuff, but there's something profoundly moving to me in those recordings from the last, say, five or six years of her life. In my Yeah. Bill 
so sad With gloom everywhere I sit and I stare I know that I'll soon go mad In my solitude I'm praying Near Lord above Send back my love A very close associate of Duke Ellington's was that extraordinary composer and pianist, Billy Strayhorn, who lived from 1915 through 1967 when he died from esophageal cancer. Billy Strayhorn connected with Duke Ellington in 1938, and they carried on a very complicated relationship. In a way, the older Ellington was almost a father figure to Strayhorn, but Ellington also frequently downplayed Billy Strayhorn's influence on his own music, sometimes even passing off Strayhorn's compositions as his own. For instance, the perennial classic, Take the A-Train. I'm going to play two different songs by Billy Strayhorn for you today. One is, again, a recording from 1956. This is one of his classic numbers, Something to Live For. And the performer here is Carmen McRae, whom we heard a few weeks ago on my Spring Songs episode. Carmen McRae, for me, is the quintessential jazz singer. I just think she had it all. The technique, the voice, the musicality, just her overall clarity, both in communication of text as well as digging deeply into the meaning of a lyric. This, as I say, is Strayhorn's Something to Live For, and in this recording, Billy Strayhorn himself plays the piano. I included Carmen McRae in my Queer Blues episode because evidently, toward the end of her life, she was a little bit more open about her relationships with women. I don't think she ever publicly came out, as it were, but she was arguably a woman who also loved women. Someone to make my life an adventurous dream. Oh, what wouldn't I give for someone? my life and make it seem gay as they say it ought to be what 
I would say that Billy Strayhorn's most, forgive me for using this word, David, iconic song is Lush Life, which pinpoints the life of an emotionally bereft person. Billy Strayhorn may not have been much of a vocalist, but there is a live 1964 recording of him singing this classic number, and accompanying himself on the piano. And it may be a little out of tune here and there, but man, the most important thing to me, any style of music that I'm listening to, is if the singer penetrates to the meaning of the music and conveys that to the listener. I don't think I've ever heard a version of this song that cut closer to the bone in that regard. I used to visit all the very gay places, come what may places, where one relaxes on the axis of the will of light to get the feel of life from jazz and cocktails. The girls I knew had sad and sullen gray faces with distinguished traces. That used to be there, you could see where they'd been washed away by too many through the day. Twelve o'clock tales. Then you came along with your siren song to tempt me to madness. I thought for a while that your poignant smile was tinged with the sadness of a great love for me. Ah, yes, I was wrong. Again, I was wrong. Life is lonely again and only last year everything seemed so sure now life is awful again a trough of hearts could only be a bore a week in paris He's the bite of it All I care is to smile In spite of it 
I'll forget you, I will, while yet you are still burning inside my brain. Romance is mush, stifling those who strive. I'll live a lush life in some small dive, and there I'll be while I rot with the rest. Of those whose lives are lonely too. This next artist is one that got her own episode a few months back when she was inducted into the Pantheon. I'm speaking, of course, of my beloved Josephine Baker. Her career extended for decades, and she sang such a wide range of material. And one of the types of music that she sang so inimitably was show tunes. Of course, she was a big star of the Folie Bergère and all of these other stage shows, but I don't believe that she ever appeared in an actual musical. Toward the end of her life, she used to do a fantastic medley of songs from Hello, Dolly. And just the other day, I found a magnificent, unpublished 1948 recording of her singing They Say It's Wonderful from Annie Get Your Gun. As with some of these other artists that we've been hearing, was all over the spectrum, sexuality-wise. And in fact, this recording was led by her then-husband, Jean Bouillon, and his orchestra. But, as we know, there were also significant associations with women at different points in her life. Rumors fly, and they sometimes leave a doubt. But you've come to the right place to find out everything you've heard is
this next singer I'm doing especially for one of my beloved listeners who particularly loves this artist and came to his awareness of her through my podcast. I'm talking about Mabel Mercer, who was perhaps the quintessential cabaret artist. A very modest voice, limited in range, limited in volume, a rather grainy sound, in fact, but Again, an artist whose ability to find the truth in a lyric is almost without equal. She's singing here a favorite song of mine, one that I frequently used to perform when I was still doing that sort of thing. This is Les Feuilles Mortes, which of course is known to English-speaking audiences as Autumn Leaves. But what's so special about the original version, which was composed by Joseph Cosma to lyrics by the French poet Jacques Prévert, is that there is a verse that, when it's done as amazingly as it is here, will cut right through to the deepest recesses of your heart. This recording's from 1952, and Mabel Mercer is accompanied by Sam Hamilton. Oh, je voudrais tant que tu te souviennes Les jours heureux où nous étions amis En ce temps-là, la vie était plus belle Et le soleil plus brûlant qu'aujourd'hui Les feuilles mortes se ramassent à la pelle Tu vois, je n'ai pas oublié Les feuilles mortes se ramasse à l'appel les souvenirs et les regrets aussi et le vent du nord les emporte dans la nuit froide de l'oubli tu vois je n'ai pas oublié la chanson que tu me chantais Qui nous ressemble, toi qui m'aimais et je t'aimais, nous vivions tous les deux ensemble, toi qui m'aimais, moi qui t'aimais, mais la vie c'est pas ce qui s'aime. Sans faire de bruit Et la mer efface sur le sable Les pas des amants désunis Les feuilles mortes se ramassent à la pelle Les souvenirs et les regrets aussi Mais mon amour silencieux et fidèle Sourit toujours en remercie la vie Je t'aimais tant, tu étais si jolie Comment veux-tu que je t'oublie En ce temps-là, la vie était plus Bad. 
aujourd'hui Tu étais ma plus douce amie Mais je n'ai que faire tes regrets Et la chanson que tu chantais Toujours, toujours Je l'entendrai C'est une chanson qui nous ressemble Toi qui m'aimais et je t'aimais Nous vivions tous les deux ensemble Toi qui m'aimais, moi qui t'aimais Mais la vie c'est pas ceux qui s'aiment tout doucement sans faire de bruit et la mer efface sur le sable les pas des amants désunis et la mer close colleague and friend of Mabel Mercer's was the inimitable Bobby Short. He was slightly younger than Mabel Mercer, but he also was the quintessential cabaret artist. Unlike Mabel Mercer, he also accompanied himself, as he does on this magnificent 1970 recording of Cole Porter's song Dream Dancing. I can just picture him in the Algonquin, smoke billowing through the atmosphere as louche and distingué members of the audience nurse their drinks as Bobby Short treats them to his way with Cole Porter. When day is gone and night comes on until the dawn What do I do? I touch your hand And wander through slumberland Dream dancing With you We glide between sky serene and fields of green sparkling with dew it's joy sublime whenever I spend my time dream dancing with you dream dancing What a lucky windfall Touching you, clutching you All the night through So say you love me, dear 
And let me make my career Dream dancing To paradise prancing Dream dancing with you Dream dancing Oh, what a lucky windfall Touching you, clutching you all the night through So say You love me dear And let me make my career Dream dancing To paradise prancing This next artist is one that I featured on my Black Crooners episode, which was the season opener to this most recent season of Counter Melody. Not all of those guys were gay, but this man, Johnny Mathis, has been out since the 1970s. He's very matter-of-fact about it. It doesn't define him. It's merely one of the many aspects, the many strands of the man that he is. Now, he has such a wide range of musical styles in which he has performed. Everything from really middle-of-the-road pop to country-western to disco. He really could pretty much do anything. And he's still out there in his 80-something year, still putting it out there. But what I'm going to play for you today is his extremely skillful performance of the song Granada, which is a popular number for operatic tenors. But man, Johnny Mathis really had his technique down. And you hear that in this really spectacular performance of the song Granada by Agustin Lara, which, by the way, he sings with the original Spanish lyric. Granada, tierra soñada por mí, me cantar se vuelve gitano cuando es para ti, me cantar recho de cantar. Darte que el ramo de rosas 
to move into rock and roll for a couple very interesting artists. Do people still use the term gay as a goose to describe a person? I don't know if they do, but man, this next person, there was a figure known by the name Escarita, whose actual name was Eskew Reader Jr. So you see where he got the name from. He was a hard and heavy and quite eccentric rocker who was a strong, strong influence on Little Richard. I'm not playing Little Richard on this episode today, not because he isn't also extremely important, but because he was so ambivalent about his sexuality. He took so much from Escarita, and I think finally in the end he acknowledged his shall we say, borrowing from this artist. But Escarita himself had this completely wild streak that I think you're going to hear in this next self-composed number, You Can't Pull Me Down, the recordings from 1958. No, you can't. You can't pull me down. Six feet under the ground Here is another fascinating early rock and roll artist, and that is Jackie Shane. Jackie Shane was a transgender soul singer. In her early appearances in the 1960s, she was publicly referred to as a man. 
But in mid-career, she moved to Canada after witnessing a particularly violent attack on a fellow black person in Nashville. She settled in Toronto and performed as a transgender woman until she quite precipitously ceased her music career in the year 1971. In 2017, an anthology album of her 60s recordings was released and nominated for a Grammy Award, and Jackie Shane, an intensely private person, suddenly found herself thrust back into the spotlight. I'm going to play a recording that Jackie Shane did in 1963. It's called In My Tenement. And again, there's a good deal of black pride in this song. You will note that Jackie Shane refers to herself in this lyric as a man. But when you think about the fact that she was trans and she's singing about a relationship with a woman in 1963, it's pretty groundbreaking. Bells on the washline never look new Smoky air turns them gray Sun can't pass through the dirty window But I kinda like it that way In my tenement monumentally gifted Carolyn Franklin, sister, of course, of the much more famous Aretha. Carolyn Franklin lived from 1944 through 1988, dying again of cancer at the age of only 43. Carolyn Franklin composed a number of really important hits for her sister Aretha, including the magnificent song Angel and another instant classic called Ain't No Way. Her career as a solo recording artist lasted from 1969 through 1976. Carolyn Franklin was also brought up in the gospel tradition of her father's church. Some of her friends in the business were Mary Wilson, Dionne Warwick, Betty Levette, and Nancy Wilson. 
She was never open about her sexuality, but it's quite clear in retrospect that her affectional preference was indeed for other women. The song I'm going to play for you was composed by Carolyn, and it's from her debut album, which was called Baby Dynamite. This is Ain't That Groovy, and you hear that this was a real honkin' voice. Did you ever, ever prodigiously gifted musician, excelling on both keyboards and as a singing artist. He was very close friends with George Harrison of the Beatles, and in that recent Beatles documentary about Let It Be, Billy Preston makes a memorable guest appearance where it almost appears that he brings the group back together just as they're all splintering apart. I remember this song when it came out in 1972. It is an absolutely sublime soul number. Will it go round in circles? I've got a song, I ain't got no melody. I'm gonna sing it to my friends. Once in a while I've got a story Ain't got no model Let the bad guy win Every once in a while When it goes round in circles When it fly high Like a bit up in the sky When it goes round in circles 
Another unapologetic and absolutely dynamite queer artist, Nona Hendrix. She first came to fame as a member of the trio LaBelle. But she's also, again, an absolutely riveting solo artist. Now aged 77, she's still out there doing it. I'm going to play you a song from her first solo album, which came out in 1977. This is the song Tout Suite Mamzelle, and you hear just how hardcore a performer Nona Hendrix is. You were always running through my life like a train, blowing broken melodies in the rain. Always made me laugh, never brought me down. Running round in circles like a circus clown. Big C. Now we're going to just dip our toe into a little disco music. And what better diva to represent this genre than the great Sylvester? I suspect that if Sylvester had survived past his 40th year, that he might identify now as trans. At the time, 
he was certainly referred to as not only cross-dressing, but a cross-genre artist as well. Sylvester really was the queen of disco and became well-established in the 1970s in his adopted hometown of San Francisco. This is a snippet of probably his biggest hit, You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. And this is such an uplifting, affirmative number that you just can't help but be swept away by it no matter what you think of disco. Now we're going to hear a couple more folk artists, I guess you could call them. I mean, these magnificent singer-songwriters. I'm only going to feature two of them. And mind you, this is just the barest cross-section of queer black artists who have made their mark in 20th century folk music. The first is Joan Armitrading. I remember my friend Peggy first introduced her to me with her album Show Some Emotion, which came out in the late 70s, I believe. And Peg, who played a mean guitar, used to do a cover of Joan Armitrading's song Mama Mercy. This song is called Friends, and it's a tribute to a long-standing friendship that includes a strong physical component as well as a deeply affectional one. This is from her album Me, Myself, and I, and it's really one of my favorite of her songs. It's been so long Since I've seen you My old friend I remember your eyes, how they would shine Those crazy times when you and I fooled around I remember the time we fell in love Didn't know how to say goodbye to your 
Another singer-songwriter who usually gets folded into the folk genre is that extremely gifted singer-songwriter Tracy Chapman. I understand she's been in the news recently because she sued an artist for sampling her music without permission. And I'm happy to say that recently she won a great big settlement for copyright infringement. But that's neither here nor there. Tracy Chapman has got away with these sort of anthemic songs. I could play any number of them, famous or less famous. I love the song Fast Car. And she had a big career resurgence in 1995 with the song Give Me One Reason to Stay Here. But what I'm going to play for you today is a real protest song from that same album that was called New Beginning. This is a blistering song called The Rape of the World, which is sadly all too timely. I also love her smoky voice, a real true alto. She's a very, very special artist. Mother of a song of our birth How can we stand aside Watch the rape of the world It's the
stand aside Watch the rape of the into the new century and a work and an artist that is very much at the forefront of everyone's awareness right now since A Strange Loop just won the Tony Award for Best Musical. As a special commentator slash guest, who else to speak to us but my dear roommate and friend, the esteemed theater scholar David Saverin. David, could you tell us a little bit about Michael R. Jackson and A Strange Loop? In July 2019, I was briefly in New York just for a few days and went to see a few plays, including A Strange Loop at Playwrights Horizons. And I'd never heard of the playwright. I knew it was about a fat, queer, black man writing a musical about a fat, queer, black man who's writing a musical about a... and so on. And I thought, okay, doesn't sound too promising, but it took about... 30 seconds in the theater after it began for me to be completely, completely enwrapped in this piece, which I really think is the most brilliant musical to come along in decades. So often as I was watching it, I could hardly believe the information that my eyes and ears were sending me because I felt the piece was so incredibly bold and out there, really unlike any other musical I knew. I ended up writing a rave review of it for a theater journal, and the following spring, April 2020, as you may recall, about a month into the first lockdown, it was like the worst time on earth. And I remember when they announced the Pulitzer Prize, it was to Michael R. Jackson for A Strange Loop, and I thought, okay, there is a God after all. 
Or and, maybe not, but... <laughs> well, yes. And then it ended up going to Broadway and winning the Tony Award. So it's remarkable the way that his dream in the musical of writing this big, black, and queer-ass American Broadway Tony Award-winning, Pulitzer Prize-winning play has actually happened. In terms of explaining what the piece is about, I want to cite a few lines. It's about halfway through the piece. A character who's called a sympathetic ear approaches the narrator, whose name is Usher, who is an usher at The Lion King, which is something that Michael R. Jackson did, and it's a show he hates. (laughs) So... The sympathetic ear is talking to him and hearing what Usher has to say, and sympathetic's ear responses, if you're not scared to write the truth, then it's probably not worth writing. And if you're not scared of living the truth, then it's probably not worth living. And to be honest, when that moment came, when I first saw the piece, I thought, okay. And can you, David, just contextualize for us the selection that we're going to hear? It's called Memory Song. Memory Song, which has just been preceded by the biggest production number in the show by far, a coup de théâtre called AIDS is God's Punishment, which was another one of the most shocking pieces of theater I've ever seen. And after that, everything is cleared away, and Usher is left alone on stage. You mean cleared off the set? Cleared off the set. The Mm -hmm. stage is empty. And he thinks back to his childhood and sings this memory song that is really the one song in the piece that puts everything into perspective for him. And we're going to hear this song by Larry Owens, who was, I think, the original. In the off-Broadway production. Right. So he's not the guy who's in the current Broadway production. But as I think the listeners will hear, he's incredibly adept at communicating exactly those things you were just talking about. And not only that, but his diction is positively crystal clear. So that also conjures a whole series of images for us, just through the clarity of his delivery of both text and music. Yeah, it's uh, a great performance of a great song. Five foot four, high school gym, sneaking a cupcake. These are my memories, these are my memories. Shooting hoops off the rim, slow on the uptake. These are my memories, these are my memories. After gym, the locker room, my eyes photographing. Making me measures in at four and a half inches. These are my memories, these are my memories. Of one lone black gay boy I knew who chose to turn his back on the One lone black gay boy I knew who chose to turn his back on the Lord. Guilt and shame, Jesus' name, church every Sunday. These are my memories, these are my memories. Eat his body, drink his blood, communion buffet. These are my memories, sweet sour memories. After church, we're driving home to Radio Crackle. Jazz bills, Apple Motown blues, and skin is a shackle. The one lone black gay boy I knew who chose to turn his back on the Lord. One lone black gay boy I knew who chose to turn his back on the Lord. The 
These are my memories, sweet sour memories This is my history, this is my mystery song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach, and I'll see you next week for yet another episode chock full of Queer Pride. <laughs>